0: This is the morning brief from the Economic Times, produced in collaboration with AWAS.com. Last few hours of campaigning at the epicenter of the Bengal polls, Nandigram. Honestly, I doubt whether the villagers of Nandigram has seen as many helicopters as they have in the last few months or last few weeks like this time around neither have so many national level politicians film stars flown down and uh, to campaign in this very high decibel election um, campaigning that
1: was my colleague Orijit Barman, on the last day of campaigning from Nandi Gram, ground zero in the West Bengal elections and the most keenly washed of the 294 Assembly seats. The constituency, which, along with Shingur, laid the ground for Mamta Banerjee to wrest power from the left in 2011, goes to vote today, April 1st, in the second phase of the eight-phase Bengal elections. Those tracking the polls say this is an election unlike any other. With the BJP going all out to try and capture power and Mamta Banerjee giving as good as she gets to retain her state. It's only fitting then that we bring you a special episode on what's being described as a battle for the very soul of Bengal, capturing all its sound and fury.
0: Congress, Trinamool, CPM, all of the party good parties are today to
2: work Narendra Modi's work in Narendra Modi. In this Nandigram, the communists were so big. They were able to
0: meet the
2: From
1: the Economic Times, I'm Indulekha Arubind and you're listening to The Morning Brief. To take us through what's happening in Nandigram and in the rest of Bengal, I'm joined by my colleagues, Arjit Barman and Basuda Venugopal, both of whom have been on the ground speaking to voters, leaders, party workers across the spectrum. Arjit Basuda, I'm really looking forward to the conversation. Thank you for joining us. Nandikram holds a very special significance for Mamta Banerjee. I mean, it's the area that, as I mentioned, along with Shingur, catapulted her into power. And she's abandoned her safe seat of Bhavanipur and Calcutta to pick up the gauntlet thrown at her by the BJP. Orijit, tell us what you saw on the last day of what's been a blistering campaigning in Nandigram. What do people there feel about Didi's last term in power?
0: Indulekha, Nandigram, as you said, is the epicenter uh, of Bengal election. It's a VVIP constituency because here you have the chief minister taking on a former protégé. Not just a protégé, protégé and... Uh, by extension, his father, whom she used to call Bhaiya. So this is the pocket borough of sorts for the Adhikari family. Nandigram, Tamluk, and the nearby areas of East Midnapur and Haldia, south of Bengal. A strategic coast also uh, because of its port and other possible infrastructure like petrochemical complex, which Bengal has been aspiring for decades. What I saw uh, in the was a an amazingly loud and shrill uh, political campaign. Last days of campaigning is always very very high decibel uh, stuff around the country, but here it was on one hand extremely polarizing campaigning by the BJP. Um, I was surprised, honestly, to hear the loud Jai Sri Ram chants and slogans in a place like Nandigram. I grew up in the Bengal of three decades of left rule. But now in 2021, when you hear Jai Sri Ram or slogans like, or issues like Rohingyas, Pakistan, love jihad, uh, people call Mamta, I mean, it's a derogatory term, but they call her, you know, Begum. Uh, because of, quote-unquote, her alleged Muslim appeasement policies. it's It marks, uh, and people are cheering for it. People are you know, with loud cheers, and those cheers are far louder than when people talk about employment, jobs, and healthcare, and other core issues. The last day of campaigning saw high-profile leaders, national leaders from Amit Shah, or celebrities like Mithun Chakravarti, of course, Mamta herself, who has been campaigning in, uh, Nandigram for the last few days, series of rallies, road shows, and uh, of course, a lot of money being spent, festoons, banners, cutouts, you know, even, I mean, I was traveling with a friend who'd been there just a week back. He said, this place looks transformed within seven days. It was either orange, saffron, or it was, uh, you know, the Trinamool colors.
1: Sounds like a very, Colorful and raucous final day of campaigning, which I think is as it should be in our elections. Now, the Adhikari already just mentioned this, of course, uh, Suvendu Adhikari, Mamta's rival in the polls. Uh, but Arjit, I'm glad you already brought up, uh, you know, the J. Shriram slogans, because while BJP has been talking about Paribartan, which is, uh, incidentally, Mamta's own catchphrase earlier, this has As you mentioned, been a very polarizing campaign as well, with BJP talking about, you know, minorities being favored at the cost of the Hindu majority, talking about implementing CAA as soon as it comes to power. Wasuda, to what extent is all of this resonating with the people you met on the ground, the potential voters?
2: I think the BJP has been using this as a long-term strategy in Bengal. And they've been doing this for many years, like Arijit also said. Um, you know, uh, to use uh, Hindu-Muslim polarization, it is a very fertile state uh, to do this. right? So you know, before I came to uh, Bengal, Hindu, I, uh, I was speaking to some people and they would tell me that you know, uh, West Bengal has this very dominant shakta tradition. So you know, she uh, does not really belong to the original pantheon of God. So it's not going to work here. But once I started going to villages, I realized that Jashiram means very different things to them. You know, it is not this UP context where there's this mosque that got vandalized and, you know, that got demolished. It's it's a very different thing for them. It means resistance. It means it's it's a war cry for them. And uh, there was this one guy I remember in Pashtun who was telling me that, you know, uh, they would, they've been going to this panchayat office for many, many uh, months, you know, to get the money that uh, they were supposed to get. And every time he would say, um, you know, um, something like this, trying to like ask them to go back, they would shout Jai Shri Ram to him, you know, he was a local TMC leader. So this was not just religious assertion, it was cultural assertion, it was political assertion, but this was in practice. But what it did was also mobilize a lot of cadre and their own supporters. I'll just give you an example. I was waiting to cover uh, Amit Shah's rally, and uh, uh, Mamta Banerjee's uh, car passed by the same route. And you know, you should have seen this group of BJP uh, supporters who, you know, just instantly came and started shouting uh, Jai Shri Ram. You know, just to annoy her, to get her angry. But of course, she went to her own rally, and she said, uh, "No, uh, cool, cool, Trinamool, just vote with a very cool mind." Cool, cool, Trinamool, vote for me, Trinamool. The point is, this is not about faith. It is about uh, the BJP's, you know, victory here. Like, you know, the, of course the BJP has not won here, but, you know, they've at least managed to get people thinking about this, you know, starting with, you know, so many things. You know, uh, I think it started with the fact that Manda Banerjee announced this 2,500 for um, uh, the Muslim imams, which, uh, of course, people do not... Um, You know, uh, people did not protest then. But, you know, in 2020, when she announced rupees 1500 for Hindu priests, that is when uh, the BJP latched onto it and said, you know, it took you 10 years to do something like this. BJP caught on to these things very systematically. There was this one school in Uluberia where Saraswati Puja was not allowed because a group of students wanted to celebrate Nabi Divas. So they, they made it into a statewide uh, movement, right? So uh, so they caught on to these issues and that uh, campaign intensified after, I think, uh, 2017 UP campaign when the entire focus of BJP went on to uh Bengal and 2018 they started reaping benefits of it because for the first time noted you know we we saw this very violent local polls that brought out um, you know problems of law and order in the state but it also gave the bjp a fine mantle over the state in 2019 of course they won 18
1: seats yes i was just going to say i guess uh, the 2019 results were a kind of uh reaffirmation for them about their strategy. Yes, yes.
2: And I think TMC knows about it. So if you look at their manifesto, you know, 2016, they had 43 references to Muslim welfare and empowerment. In 2021, they just have three, you know, and they're not even using the word Muslim in their manifesto. They have used the word minority. It's actually the BJP manifesto, which is talking about modernizing madrasas and, you know, um, uh, empowering Muslims. Um, so, and you know, uh, even in terms of their candidate selection, they have uh, reduced the number of Muslim candidates. And in all the seats that BJP won in 2019, most of the seats where there were Muslim TMC candidates, they have, um, you know, they have posted Hindu candidates now. So I think, and of course, you see Manta Banerjee also reciting um, Hindu shlokas And she's also talking about herself as a practicing Hindu.
1: Hindu <laughs> competition, but
2: BJP has been using this as a strategy because I think it, it, it's, it's realized that it strikes a chord and it's, it's, a, it's a game that it has played for many years in many states.
1: Exactly, a tried and tested strategy, so to speak.
0: Hindu and uh, Vasudha, if I can just add statistics here, look at the demographics of the state. Hindu's 70.54%. Muslims 27.01%. Christians 0.7 and Sikhs 0.07. So you know you're talking about or trying to woo a 70% block. It's an overwhelming block. And if you see from 2016, TMC's vote share was 44%, almost 45%, which BJP's was 10%. 2019 Lok Sabha. The picture completely changes. 43% of TMC's vote share versus 40.2% of BJP. Clearly, BJP is becoming the main opposition party, the Congress and the left have decimated. So class politics of the left giving way to caste and maybe perhaps you can say communal or the Hindu politics of the BJP.
1: Absolutely. And as Vasudha mentioned, this is something the BJP does very strategically. They play the long game. But when you spoke to voters on the ground, Vasudha, what were the biggest issues on their minds? Was it, uh, you know, the issue of communalism or was it jobs? Was it development? What did you hear?
2: So I'll just start with this. There is resentment in people, you know, uh, with regard to um, you know delivery of a lot of social welfare schemes. The problem here is with many of Mamta Banerjee's schemes, um, you know, uh, being uh, not DBTs. You know, these are not direct benefit transfer schemes like the central government has. Um, it is like Swachh Bharat where money goes to the panchayat and then the panchayat people um, decide who are the beneficiaries. So um, Bengal also has a three layered politicized system like Kerala. You know, you have panchayat, panchayat samitis, zila parishads. All of them are full of political people. So the political people, the party people tell you who the beneficiaries will be. So this is a common thing in villages that i visited. That they tell you that the same people get benefits of all schemes. The money goes to the panchayat; it never comes to us. So, despite Mamta Banerjee's manifesto presenting big promises for women, especially you know thousand rupees for SCST OBC women and five hundred rupees for general category women every month, it's a monthly income. It's, it's it's substantial, but they just feel you know how much of this are we going to get because. Uh, a lot of it will be pocketed by, uh, you know, uh, the Panchayat people. So that is that is a big resentment that they have. The other thing, of course, is, uh, you know, uh, Mantopana Ji has this habit of like, you know, announcing universities, which is a great thing. But of course, there are no jobs there. You know, most of the jobs that Bengal is creating are all like low quality daily wage jobs, right? So despite the state having a low... Unemployment um, uh, number, it uh, people don't seem too happy with it. They they want industry, they want um, investments, and somehow they seem to think that the BJP is promising them uh, all of that and to be able to sort of like at least uh, deliver on some of it. Like one of one of the villagers told me that you know, like because BJP manifesto talks about lakhs and crores of investment. So how much of that is going to be delivered, we don't know. But I I was struck by the scale of aspirations that people have. And I think PNC is struggling to uh, find a balance between these two kind of voters. You know, one of them who want nourishing by the government, who want nurturing, like Palin is the word that a lot of women use for mamta Banerjee, that she's given us everything. You know, She gives her kids midday and she gives us money if somebody dies in the family. She gives my girls, uh, daughters, the money that they require so that they are not considered burden to the households. And on the other hand, there are these youngsters who study in universities that she built, but are demanding jobs that the state is not able to provide them.
1: It's very interesting. Arjit, what have you heard? Especially, uh, you know, one accusation that we keep reading about is against, you know, TMC workers acting like thugs. People who don't have any power over them. Is this something that came up in your conversations?
0: Of course, this stems from the fact that, you know, unlike the direct benefits here you have led you know the approach is through panchayats and the panchayats are filled with political people and so there is a lot of graft and rent seeking it doesn't reach the real beneficiaries and there are people in over the last 10 years have suddenly minted tons of money from irrigation projects from you know road construction so people are angry that 10 years ago you were just like one of us just because you became a panchayat leader and then became went on to become a panchayat leader, you appropriate everything which is actually supposed to be for us for the villagers. So that anger, resentment is very much there. And uh, what people say in in in, in colloquial, ye which means basically you know collecting haftas and all from shopkeepers and or local businesses or even uh, villagers, that has seems to have gone up in the last five years the second term of mamta which has really angered a lot of people so so yes there is a lot of resentment on the ground and and the problem is uh, the cadres i mean who are acting as a you know state unto themselves
1: yes and of course it's now been uh, as you mentioned two terms of this so there would be that anti incumbency also that's built up now bengal is of course a state where the bjp uh, up until a few years ago had a very limited presence and because of that the parties had to rely very heavily on engineering defections from the tmc one of the most high profile being of course mamta banerjee's rival in this assembly election suvendu
0: adhikari <laughs>
1: Vasudha, can you tell us a little bit about Subendu Adhikari, the clout that he wields in the area and whether his defection has been accepted both, you know, among the BJP cadre and the voters in the area?
2: So in December, when I came to um, uh, Bengal and when I traveled to Haldia, Tamluk and uh, Kanti especially, I... Realize, I saw the voters and people, uh, you know, in Shyamudu Adikari's influence area, still making sense of what he has done because you know, till then for about a year he uh, was, he was not part of TNC but he had not quit the party and and he had not joined the BJP. And people didn't know if he would join the BJP because there was a lot of like you know back and forth. When he joined the BJP, of course, the BJP got the biggest boost that it wanted because it it set the narrative rolling. You know, he came along with 15 other MLAs, not from Purba Midnapur but from across uh, the state, right? And after that, you see people like Rajiv Banerjee, Bashadi Dalmiya, Prabir Ghoshal, so many other MLAs who have specific uh, expert areas, they all came and joined the BJP. Uh, So the BJP has seen many defections from the TMC. One, of course, was, uh, you know, you saw Mukul Roy come in 2017 and I remember he used to come with uh, you know, planes full of people, you know, asking them to join the BJP. You know, BJP also put those filters, ki, you know, this is baad we will not really take more people. But this continued and before 2019 elections, you saw people like Rakesh Singh and Samitra Khan and, uh, you know, uh, this Bolpur MP, Anupam Hazra joined the party. Then Shuindu's thing happened just before 2021 Assembly polls. This has given a lot of boost to the party because shuvendu Adhikari is not any regular candidate. You know, he... Holds a lot of sway over voters, and there is a certain thing to his personality that, added with BJP, has set uh, the momentum for not just uh, the party but also for uh, Shumindu Adhikari. Now, uh, people see him as as um, you know a future CM or a future deputy CM. They see he is anyway a very strong mobilizer. He comes from an influential family. Uh, his strength comes not just from his own capabilities but also that he holds a lot of, uh, uh, you know, influence. I mean, he used to hold positions in Liga Development Board, Haldia Development Board. These are institutions that uh, uh, hold uh, the power to the economy of this place. Uh, na- so, Shubhentu Adhikari is also a Z category, uh, you know, candidate. And of course, you see, Mamta Banerjee is also a Z category, uh, um, you know, candidate. Uh, so, Nandigram has suddenly become this high voltage, uh, um, campaign constituency because both of them have been together at one point and DMC in Nandigram was Shuventu Adhikari's organization. So while BJP is facing organizational issues in other parts of the state, in Nandigram that is not an issue because uh, Shuvendu Adhikari defected with with his entire organization. Like a lot of people uh, who were part of DMC followed him to the BJP. This is not um, something that you see in other parts of the state, but the BJP is still trying to back on sentiment and not really on its organizational power. That's fascinating. So in a sense, that has uh,
1: uh, galvanized the BJP card rather than uh, creating any kind of resentment, right? Uh,
2: yes, his defection, of course, has been able to do that. And, you know, shubhendu Adhikari, when I met him, I, went, I interviewed him on December 22nd. He told me that he's totally unmarried, he doesn't have children. And there was so much of this Pracharak-like, uh, you know, personality to him, you know, and um, he was talking to reporters on how he has always respected the Sangh guys, and you know, so there is something that is very a- alpha masculine about him, which you know fits in well with the Sangh Parivar thing. He fits in well with the BJP, and the BJP fits in well with him as well.
0: And look at the people who are putting their weight behind him. I mean, look at the guys who, are, who have campaigned for him. Yogi Aditya. Amit Shah. I have thought that even the Prime Minister would come here. He didn't. But these are heavyweight campaigners. I'm not getting into the celebs and the glamour quotient that Amitron Chakravarti or other celebrities bring. But I'm talking about serious politicians. These are the heavyweights of the BJP. And um, Vasudha went to several of these rallies and and it is having an impact. I mean, Shubendu was like a brother. You know, uh, Mamta used to call his father, who was a former minister of state in Manmohan Singh's cabinet as well, Bhaiya. Uh, there would be like rakhi ceremonies and all. And he was literally like the number two till very recently. So people have seen the growth of Shubhendu uh, within Srinomol. And, you know, Vasudha uh, also, you know, has... has reported about this. There was a leaked audio tape conversation between um, someone who likes Shubhendu, a young leader who moved to the BJP and is now working for Shubhendu. And Mamta apparently allegedly called
2: uh,
1: him and they had a chat. Hmm.
0: If you see the tone of the chief minister, remember Mamta is used, there's people like the way she talks. She's very direct to the point, almost aggressive and very colloquial to when she's talking. That's her charm. But here in this telephone conversation, days before Nandi Graham goes to poll, you see someone talking to a young, you know, BJP worker who's moved to BJP from TNC, working for Shubhendu, requesting him that, forget the past, come and help me. The the words are very, very important. Hindu, I have not seen Mamta use these words to anybody uh, like this. Help me, to me, uh, sounds like, you know, that, as Basuda as was also saying, that it's a tough fight.
1: Absolutely. And it's incidents like these I think, which is keeping everyone on the edge of their seats as far as this contest is concerned. But Arjit, are voters uh, comfortable with, uh, you know, Shubhendu having switched parties? And also, could you tell us about what uh, Trinamol is banking on in these elections? Is it, you know, the whole sympathy factor with Mamta being betrayed in a sense? Is it the local versus outsider factor that Mamta has kind of been speaking about a lot?
0: Yes, which is why in Nandigram, the Bhumiputra Putra is Shubhendu. And Mamta is the outsider. That's the position. But obviously in the state, Mamta's TMC is re- projecting the BJP as the outsider and she as the son of the soil, the daughter of Bengal. And the TMC, obviously the biggest for them, the X Factor still remains their leader. Firebrand, full of chutzpah, energy. Uh, you know, I mean, I was out there for one day. It's in this heat. It saps you believe me I mean Basuda has been camping here far longer uh, she can also share her thoughts but here was Mamta, far elder than both of us on a wheelchair out on the streets and and campaigning road, uh, you know rally road shows who saw her somebody's driving the wheelchair, uh, then addressing rallies in this heat, it's not easy. So she knows that she is the face of the party and she's campaigning day in, day out, day in, day out, because she knows what's at stake here. She's obviously uh, trying to project BJP as the communal party who will bring in CAA, will divide the state into religious lines. Um, and, and her brand of development, which is, you know, her, her Kanyashi scheme, her in state insurance scheme, which is, uh, you know, their counter to Ayushman Bharat. Bharat um, you know, and, 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 and the scheme that she said, uh, Basuda said that, you know, giving, uh, cash to the girl, making them independent. But at the end of the day, along with all that social schemes, you also need large scale investments, which still, is not coming in West Bengal. Yes, there is a lot of IT and tech, uh, you know, uh, because uh, development of sectors because of the large English speaking population uh, in and around Kolkata or in different parts of the state. But tea industry struggling, jute industry almost dead. So there is not, you know, the whole e commerce and the digital boom more in Maharashtra, Gurgaon, Bangalore, elsewhere hasn't really come to Bengal. So you need development across the board and cut down on corruption.
1: Of course. Now, we haven't uh, got a chance to talk about the CPM yet, uh, ironically, considering it's Bengal. But Arjit, Nandigram was CPM's Waterloo, in a sense, along with Shingur. All these years later, have they been able to do any kind of damage control, you know, win back any ground?
0: I don't think so. I don't think so because the entire party infrastructure uh, has decimated. And it's even 10 years later, uh, it's in shambles. They have not been able to rebuild, refocus. What is heartening, though, this time around, is to see a large number of young, maybe some even urbane leaders who come up and are actually fighting the poles in the heat and dust of Bengal. So you have whether former JNU leader Oishi or, or from Shingo, young in late 20s or early 30s. Across the state, we see quite a, I mean, I think close to a dozen or a little bit more of them who are below 35. So young faces, refreshing, new ideas. But the problem with the, with the, with the, the left is that. The entire party organization, the cadres and the you know, district or Panchayat by Panchayat, that infrastructure that they had built is gone and they have not been able to build on it. So even if they do a little better in terms of vote share in Nandigram, for example, in 2016, there were some booths where the left, you know, there were only 13 or 15 uh, votes for the left. So people in Nandigram, for example, have never, have not forgotten or have not forgiven the left or what they did. You know, here were a party supposed to be pro farmer pro-poor. The police establishment actually came along with the left uh, CPIM uh, goons, of course, opened fire and villagers were killed on 15th of March in 2007. They have not forgotten that. So the left still tottering. It's 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 nice to see new faces, new ideas, and even even you know they're using you know remixes of Tollywood, which is the film uh, the local film industry look, you know popular songs. You know some it's bizarre that the left Odrilo is now quoting Tollywood, which was still very recently beneath them. But that, that it's it's nice. I mean, it, I I don't have a problem you know if, if uh, you know you use mass media or popular culture with the changing times, but. To win an election, you need massive ground-level organisational support, which the BJP now has, um, and Chinomul, uh, of course, because en masse, uh, before uh, ten years ago, you know, the, the CPI(M) cadre moved to TMC. Many of them have moved to BJP, uh, but still, left everyone. Very rarely, I uh, have anyone come back and joined the left and of course money power which they don't have you need serious amount of money to i'm not saying to win or you know, just to actually organize rallies and all it's a very expensive exercise
1: absolutely there's no denying that and very interesting here that uh nandigran still carries the scars of uh, even so many years later my last question to wrap up what's been a fascinating discussion Vasudha and Arujib, if you could both tell us, you know what's at stake. Vasudha, if you could tell us what's at stake for the BJP if they lose Bengal, and Arujib, if you could uh, say the same about the
2: TMC. But so you know, I think you know there is this part of national discourse that sometimes regional parties uh, articulate the regional aspirations of people better, and they know. Uh, what their people want. So, you know, we, we've seen, uh, uh, you know, Biju Janta Dal lot uh, you know, Amadi party coming to power in certain states. But we've also seen BJP coming, power, coming to power in, um, uh, you know, uh, Bihar, you know, of course, in an alliance. But you see that national parties uh, are making an impact in states which have had uh, the presence of strong regional parties. So, if BJP loses Bihar, uh, Bengal, you know, the point is for, the so Home Minister Amit Shah, who's uh, who's been talking about Bengal for I don't know like seven years now, uh, for him this is really really important. You know, there are two states that he always talks about when he's uh, uh, talking about BJP's expansion. One is of course Bengal, and one is Kerala, because of course the presence of left is what uh, bothers them: communism versus nationalism. There is uh, there's so much at war here, right? So Bengal is more than just a political battle for the BJP; it's an ideological battle there founder comes from this state, they have worked for years and years to uh, sort of revive their organization, but you know, they've not really uh, sort of succeeded. And uh, the RSS was inactive for many years, because they could not just work here, they just left it. And suddenly after 2016, went to the coach won that first uh, seat in Kharagpur, and before that, there was a bipole that um, Shemekha Pacharya won and suddenly still things started uh, looking up for them, mainly because of the resentment that voters have with the ruling party there. If the BJP loses Bengal, um, it will of course be very disheartening um, for the party. But I think, you know, the party still has made a lot of impact here, from three seats uh, to, uh, in uh, Bengal, Assembly uh, polls of 2016, to going to 19 seats in 2019 was a big thing. And now, you know, they feel that 121, kam na. that is, you know, they're just converting, that they're just converting their uh, Lok Sabha seats to assembly seats because they feel the sentiment is still on. It's just the 2019 sentiment, which is amplified by a uh, lack of relief during Amphan. So they are very confident of at least reaching to 121. And of course, whatever happens after that is, is, is a bonus. Um, so yeah, this will be a loss for not just the BJP, but also for the Sangh Parivar. But, you know, I, I do think that at some point the BJP is going to make a uh, is going to win the state. If not this time, it's going to happen at some point. Like this is, there was this voter who told me, uh, BJP party Ashbeek in two time lag big. Like, you know, uh, he wasn't really very confident if the party is coming this time, but, you know, we see that, you know, it, it's the party is at the gates and it's going to, be given entry at some point. Unless the unless the TMC sweeps and brings out a, a reform, a governance model that uh, really puts all the resentment at ease.
1: And BJP has shown that it can be very tenacious. Arujit, what happens to Didi if she can't hold on to Bengal?
0: The TMC, uh, it's really very important just for the sake of their survival. And if they lose, then I would say even it has an impact on national politics, which is why you see so much of national media, even international media. Mind you, there are elections going on in Tamil Nadu. There's elections going on in Kerala, Pondicherry Assam. Nobody seems to be talking about it because everybody is just focused on Didi. It's now literally become a Mamta versus Modi battle. So even though it's a state election, but if she loses, then... My worry would be that, you know, to to keep the flock together, that we are going to see more and more defection. It started with Mukul Roy, then Shubendu. And uh, if she loses, TMC, the way we know, uh, will, will perhaps not exist. There will be several splinter groups. So she's got a lot more at stake here, without a doubt. If she wins, I won't be surprised if... There will be forces, uh, which will, would want her to lead a quote unquote, a third front or, you know, a, a national counter to Modi for the next even national election. There would be those efforts. So, you know, it's, it is not just a state poll to me. It is a national narrative we are looking at in this time around.
1: I don't think the stakes have been higher for West Bengal as you both very clearly have outlined as much as I have loved to continue this discussion we have to wrap up in the interest of time but Orujit Vasudha, thank you so much for being here and sharing your insights with us.
2: Thank you Indu. Thank you.
1: When voting ends at 6.30pm today April 1st it will bring the curtains down on the most bitterly fought assembly seat in the West Bengal elections. But with another six phases to go The game is far from over in this nail biting election, which has pitched Didi squarely against the BJP. As the TMC says in its campaign slogan, it's Kala Hobby or game on. There's a good one month to go before we know the results to this high stakes assembly polls. But in the meanwhile, we at the Economic Times will be sure to bring you the biggest stories and interviews from the ground to keep you up to date. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Morning Brief. I'm Indleka Arwint from the Economic Times. Today's episode was edited by Anjali Venugopalan and coordinated by Bhavya Dalib Kumar. Send us your bouquets, brickbats, comments to the Morning brief at timescope.com, and do share the episode on social media. The Morning Brief airs every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. Thank you for listening, and have a great day.
0: Avaaz.com